Welcome to Susquehanna Valley Church Podcast. My name is Matt Saxinger, and I serve as head pastor here. We want to help you think about stuff you need to think about, talk about stuff you need to talk about. And if this is your first time joining us for our podcast, we want to say welcome to you. We've got a couple other ones we'd love for you to, to check out sometime. Today is a very special day because we've got a special guest with us, and her name is Glenda Payne. Say hi, Glenda. Hi, everyone. Uh, Glenda, Glenda and I kind of have a running joke that she's on staff here at the church, but never actually shows up, uh, which is probably good because you don't get paid anyway. So. I'm still waiting for the check. Yeah, yeah just keep waiting. Uh, it'll, it'll definitely not come. So, uh, But Glenda, why don't you tell us just a little bit about yourself to let our audience uh, be able to connect with you a little bit. Um, I am a wife. I'm a mother. I'm a grandmother, which I love. Pretty cool. Um, yeah. Now, when you paint, like, what sort of stuff do you paint? I find a lot of peace at the ocean, so I've been painting, like, a lot of water waves, a lot of stuff to do with water. Sure, sure. Well, I love it. Well, um, I'm sure some of that will come up a little bit later, but we actually, we're not having you on to talk about painting, as awesome as that would be. Uh, we got something that I think is even uh, more pertinent. See, as a church, we've kind of been going through this series, Confident People in an Anxious World, where we've been looking at the reality that there's always something that at any given point you could be anxious about. So how do you navigate a world like that where you could be anxious about something at any point? Glenda, I know I, now I, first of all, I want to make it clear. I don't think of you as anywhere near the most anxious person. I know that's not why you're on. I just know from our conversations before that God has been with you in those seasons. And I just kind of want to hear about sort of that process for you and, and where God's been, if you can kind of give us an, an overview of that. Okay, I guess you want me to maybe start with what has been going on the last couple of years in my life? Yeah, I, I yeah. think that's probably, you know, a source of some, certainly would be a source of anxiety for me in my life, um, hearing you share about it. Um, in July of 2017, my husband was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer, and we were told it was inoperable, and he had a 2 to 3% chance of living past a year. Wow. Um through lots of people praying and lots of prayer, God decided to let him move ahead with that surgery. Hmm. And um, it's been a very up and down battle. The cancer's returned, been removed a couple times, and now it is back again, and it is inoperable. Um, and he is in very aggressive chemo. So it has been a very anxious time because I'm used to trying to be able to fix things, and this is something I can't fix. Yeah, yeah. Well, understandably, um, I can get where you're coming from where it'd be nice to just make that go away. Right. But that's not something we can do. So I imagine this would be really uh, – because when you say that, that's that's you know just a couple-minute summary. But that's two, three long years of life for you with lots of up and down roller coasters, right? Right, right. Yeah, Barry and I had it planned out what, what the future was going to look like, and it didn't include pancreatic cancer. It included retiring at 65, traveling, and enjoying life. So tell me about that moment when, when you know, that, that plan got derailed, when that you know, got shifted and you found out everything. Just tell me a little bit about that. Well, at first it was a, a great sense of loss because, you know, we had we had plans made of what, what our future was going to look like. But, um, you know, to say overwhelming, not knowing what, which way to turn, but the only way we could turn was to God. 
Sure, absolutely. And and I know for your husband, and we hope to have him on, on a future podcast to kind of hear his perspective on this, but that was really a plan, a, a kind of God's God's taking him and re-gripping him, so to speak, and, and getting him back on board. Right. Yeah. So um, for the two of you together then, um, huge change in the future, like you're talking about. You've got the retirement. You've got the dream. You've worked for everything to get to this point. Um, and now you've just got a whole bunch of questions what is it about the uncertainty of the future that makes it so challenging for not just for you, but for, for humanity? Right. Well, I think in a way, Barry and I have been given a gift because we do know that our days are numbered. So it does make you think more about how you say things. You don't want to say things that later on you're going to regret because... You know, you never know. You just never know whether it's cancer, car accident, you never know. And I think the other thing is that we are more focused now that, um, you know, we need to use this, allow God to use this to, to minister to others. And before that was probably, yeah, you know, if God sends us, you know, on a mission trip, we'll do that. We didn't stop and think the mission was going to be right here. Yeah, wow. What a perspective that now okay, life is the mission, missions trip because there is that reality that it, it's going to end at some point. Right. Um, and it, it's looked at with more certainty and not in an avoidance that we typically look at it with. Yeah. Um, it's interesting. I, as a pastor, I do a number of funerals. And so I'm faced with the grief aspect of life more than what most people would be. And one of the things that it's really impressed upon me is this idea that I've been sharing at funerals lately, which is we need to live like this could be it. Absolutely. Yeah, live Absolutely. like this could be the last conversation or this could be the last memory we make with our kids or or this could be the last church service we attend and, and am I going to be welcoming to the person who took my seat right. or, or am I going to be rude and you know, um, you know storm off? And so I love, uh, there's two words that just stood out to me in some of the answers that you said. Like, first of all, you, you, you mentioned just the enormous loss that came initially, but then you use a phrase where as your perspective shifted, you called it a gift. It, it really is. Um, you know, both Barry and I will probably tell you that our walk with God has never been closer. Our dependence yeah. on him has never been closer. Um, I've always been one that I, you know, I have to admit, Glenda would try to fix everything first instead of saying, God. Sure, sure. This is yours to fix. Well, I've personally never struggled with that. So that's, you know, that's unique <laughs> to hear that. But just kidding. <laughs> um, so how, like, how did you go from loss to gift mentality? Like this is a loss to this is a gift. How did you get from A to B? Because I'm sure some of our listeners out there are maybe stuck in the loss stage. They've never gotten to the gift. Did that Was that like an overnight thing, or was that a couple of years? How did you go from loss to gift? It, it wasn't overnight, but it's definitely made us more aware that when you hear, you know, 2, two to 3% chance of living a year, and, and, you know, we still hear percentages every now and then. In January, we heard three to six months. Yeah. And here we are in, in October. Sure. Almost in November. But it does make you more aware of cherishing every day and every moment. I mean, things that I used to get really upset about before, like, oh, man, he left his glass sit there again. It's like, yeah. you know, can't you take it? It doesn't matter anymore. 
Yeah. I'm glad right. that it's there for me to say. Oh, no. uh, that, that's a good perspective. Um, and, and really, it kind of brings up this idea of when you wake up, especially when you wake up with, with a spouse who that, you know, that's... 44 years. Right. That, and congratulations on that. That's pretty awesome. Um, but you wake up and it's just this, okay, I'm here for another day. So what am I going to do with it? Right. Yeah. And, and for it, it, you know, knowing you and hearing, hearing you talk, that loss to gift transition for you, that doesn't sound like it was, it was somebody saying to you, God has a plan or somebody saying to you, just relax, you know, you, you just trust or it wasn't a one statement. It sounds like God met you in a ton of little moments. Absolutely. Yeah. So, so all the more reason to continue to try and hear from him in, in many ways, whether that's in reading the scriptures or just, you know, praying probably as you're doing some painting, I, I would guess, and, and some of those times. Right. Yeah. Right. The, the one thing that was amazing is um, walking into the cancer center for the first time, just totally scared. But every person that came in contact with Barry that day was Christian. And several wow. of them prayed with us. Yeah. And so the anxiety that was so built up about how horrible it was going to be, we left there feeling like we've made some family friends. I, I love it. And, you know, that, that kind of leads into a thought where we, we, in the sermon series, have talked about the idea of anxiety will naturally turn us to look towards ourselves and our own, our own issues and, and not, not allow us to see those around us. Um, so we've been challenging the, the congregation to really say, look outward in your anxiety and find somebody to love, find somebody to care about, to serve even. And, and so my question for you is, um, have there been any lives that you've been able to impact by being others focused in your anxiety? Well, um, there have been actually a lot of nurses that have come to us and talked to us about some really personal stuff that they're going through and have allowed us the privilege of praying with them and and just loving them. and Sure. Um, there has been, you know, other situations where there's been other patients or people going through cancer or just going through a rough time that they seek us out. And yeah. it's not because of us. It's right. because God's using us. Yeah. And so we've been able to, you know, pray with them, be with them, encourage them. And that's been a real blessing in our lives. Well, sure. Uh, Glenda, it brings to mind something. Have you ever done a tapestry or... Or you know, a tapestry. Um, it, why don't you explain that to our audience? Tapestry is a, a piece of um, art that is hand woven and stitched, and the one side's very pretty. The other side, depending on who's doing the stitching, can be beautiful or it can be a bunch of knots and a mess. Yeah, and what I love about that that picture is one side you see you see the plan all come together, but in the back of it you kind of see how it got there. Right, and, and you see some of the strings hanging all over the place, and right. I think that's kind of like our tragedies in life, where we we see one side of it, we see all the mess, and we see all the kind of the chaos, and and God on another side sees how He's bringing it all together to allow us to have these opportunities to impact people we never would have crossed paths with uh, had we not been in these circumstances ourselves. Right, that's right, so true. Yeah, so all the more reason just to continue to say in, in our if we're going to be confident people in an anxious world, we can't just look inwardly. Inwardly, we got to look outwardly. No, because when we do that, we miss out on an awful lot. 
in life. We miss out on opportunities that God's placed right before us. We also miss out on people that just want to come and love on us. Sure. Absolutely. That's that's such a good point. Um, So often we think of, well, you know, I could love them, I could love them. But when we put ourselves out there and we're loved by them, not only does that do a service to us, but that does a service to them because they have that desire to want to love others as well. Right. And to me, that's why, like, I, I, I'm so glad that you brought that out because I see that time and time again where people don't want to put themselves out there, make their struggles known because they're afraid of being a burden on others. And my question is, what if God has a burden on someone else that has, and their burden is to to remove burdens from somebody else? You know, what if God is working in them in such a way that He's created a desire to help people who are struggling? And that's part of them being who God made them to be. And so that, that's part of the way this all works. So I, I love that you brought that out. Now, you had mentioned um, Joshua 1.9 as a verse that was important to you in your journey. Why is that? Well, it just reminds me that no matter what we're going through, God is always with us wherever we go. Sure, sure. So Joshua 1.9 is, Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. The Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. What comes to mind when you hear that? It comes to mind that there's been a lot of days through this that I've struggled, and it was hard to be brave, and it was hard to be strong. But, you know, God was there with me, and he and He helped me through those days and through those times and said, you know, Glenda, I'm here. I got you. Yeah. Let's let's just move ahead with this, and, and, and you know, it's going to be all right. It's going to be uh, absolutely. all right. Yeah. And one of the things I want to point out to our listeners is you might you might hear Glenda's struggle and all of a sudden it makes your struggle seem insignificant. And and I appreciate that there's a reality to that. But at the same time, I also want you to know that your struggle is relevant to your own experience in life. And so you like for you maybe the kids just going crazy while you're stuck at home for, you know, 9 hours and them just pushing every button. That might be your struggle and I hope you don't feel like that's an insignificant struggle. Joshua 1.9 is, is for that mom just as much as it is for you, Absolutely. Glenda. We've had people come up and say, oh, I'm, I'm sorry, my struggle's not, you know, yeah. what you have. Yeah. And my answer is struggle is struggle. Amen. Whether yeah. it's cancer, whether it's a child being sick with the flu, or just a bad day. Yeah. Struggle is struggle. Absolutely. Yep. And and it's putting ourselves in this context where the same solution to, to your anxiety is the same solution to the anxiety of the single mom or the you know, the dad or, or whoever it is that's that's facing what might seem insignificant to some, but it's significant to them. Right. So um, here's like my perspective on Joshua. This is an interesting time in the nation of Israel. So God's chosen the nation of Israel to be his messenger, and he, he keeps bringing up different leaders to help guide them. So we got big transition in leadership. You got Moses. Everybody knows Moses, does some amazing things. And then you got Joshua, this new young guy on the block. And, and what's he going to do? And he kind, of a, he kind of sets up his leadership um, letting the nation know what he hopes to be characteristically true um, of their behavior, of their actions, and how he wants to define their culture. Which, So if you read Joshua 1, you see him making this very passionate speech about God's Word having a central place in their life, um, in, in not just in their head, but in their life, where he wants people who know God's Word and live like it's true. 
He wants the nation of Israel to be a people who know God's word and who live like it's true so that their source of confidence isn't, isn't within the confines of their own strength. It's, it's them knowing that the Lord, your God is with you wherever you go. Um, and so Glenda, my question for you is what would you say to the person who's just stuck in a rut with anxiety? Who's maybe, you know, they're listening they're like, I've heard this before. Like what, what would you say to them? Um, go ahead. I think one thing that, that for me was I can't allow myself to stay there. And I know that's easier said than done Yeah, because time's too valuable and time is too precious. Um, so I would say, you know, try to get with people that are going to encourage you get time with God. Definitely. But you know, don't stay there because it's just going to keep feeding and feeding and feeding. Sure, absolutely. We were talking about this at staff meeting this week, which, by the way, Glenda, you weren't there for, so a little disappointed. Yep, sorry, yeah. I was off. Well, you, yeah. <laughs> um, but we were having this conversation about the pattern in Scripture when there's people in an anxious situation that God's answer to those people is these two concepts that come up almost every single time it happens, uh, the presence of God and the strength of God and how that's available in an anxious situation. So why don't you say, kind of share, like, how has that been real for you? Well, I think when you kind of get backed into a corner sometimes because you've been trying to do it all on your own, um, that's the only place you have to turn. I mean, God's just showed up so many times yeah, yeah, absolutely, and I can attest to the same thing. And, and I think, you know, there's just such a loneliness in in our anxiety that nobody else can really get me or understand me, um, and, and God's nearness, his presence, and his strength there. So the component of that that's, that's essential in my mind is the strength piece is very, very faith-based. You don't have the ability to, like, physically see you've gotten, you know, um, an influx of strength, but... But to move forward trusting that God is there and he's allowing you to have the strength to be able to love others and to be there for him. I think that's a huge component of this to say, I believe that God is there for me. And, and faith is part of the, the presence piece as well. Uh, Glenda, you had referenced a song that you felt like you know, kind of helped remind you of some of God's, God's presence and uh, his, his just path with his journey with you in this all. Yeah, this song is Defender by... Francesca Battistelli, and um, there's a verse in here. It says, when I thought I lost me, you knew where I left me. You reintroduced me to your love. You picked up all the pieces, put me back together. You are the defender of my heart. And there's many times that I felt like um, I had lost myself in this journey. But then when I hear that, I can picture how God did come and find me where I was at and put me back together and just loved me and said you're okay it's all right i'm here yeah he's pretty good at that especially when we give him the opportunity to work in us when we give him that attention and uh and and so like here's here's a question i have is this something this whole issue that we're talking about with anxiety and being confident and finding god in it all is this something that you think people can ever say yeah i don't struggle with that anymore do you think somebody could ever get to that place in life I can say that I've thought I was there, but I wasn't. 
Yeah, and something yeah. usually yeah. exposes. Because I think when we say, um, I'm at that place where I'm not going to struggle with this anymore, the focus tends to be on us <laughs> right? and right. what we're capable of. Right. And I find usually when that when I get to that point is when when uh you know God decides to show up. So so then how can we get to a place where where maybe we don't say I'm not going to struggle with this anymore, but maybe where we can say it doesn't throw me as much as it used to? How do you think we can get there? I think for me it took being totally willing not to say I got to fix this and I'm in control mm. and yielding to God and saying I need you. I need you to help me get out of this and push me forward and have my focus change on what it is right now. Because the days that I was just so focused in self-pity, then the next day I would regret that I wasted that time being there. Wow, wow. And that goes back to that others or inward focus that we were talking about earlier. Right. Yeah. Uh, For me, you mentioned the song. For me, a book... Uh, yeah, obviously, scripture is huge, and and uh, you know that's the key key thing for me to right. continue to stay close to God. But a book that help has helped me understand scripture and see how that you know uh, connects specifically to my anxiety w- is written by Larry Crabb. It's called Shattered Dreams. Have you have you had the chance to read that? No, I haven't. Okay, great great book. Um, really, just walks through that that idea of what what happens when our dreams are shattered because that's really what anxiety is is a shattering of our dreams right which you referenced earlier with the retirement with the grandkids with the plans um, and and what crab points out in his book here is is this he says one way that God works is to allow our lower dreams to shatter now that's interesting terminology and in the book what he talks about is lower dreams and God's higher dreams for us. And God is doing something greater. He's showing us something that we need to see that we would have not otherwise seen. How have you found that to be true for your life? Would you call some of this a shattering of a lower dream so you can see a higher dream? Absolutely. Yeah? Absolutely. If if we would have moved ahead with our plans the way they were, you know, with the retirement and this and this and this, and not had to face this cancer head on, we would not have seen God move in the ways he's moved in yeah. our life. Um, that have, I just, I mean, so many unbelievable things have happened way, the way God has showed up in this. Right. We would have missed all that. We would have missed the opportunity for God to have us be the ones that he used to minister to people yeah. that, that need somebody to step beside them and put an arm around them and love them and say, you know, God loves you and so do I. Yeah, and I love I love that because the reality is the lower dream was, you know, maybe a decade, two decades of trouble-free life, and instead, um, the the higher dream is so far three years and counting of absolute amazing influence and total appreciation for that time that you would have never had Absol- any other yeah. way. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, um, and, and I think that's part of this this whole trust component of this where we've got to we've got to realize we don't see the the end goal of what's going on we don't see how God's shaping us and Jeremiah talks about God being the potter and we're the clay and and this idea of you know the the clay doesn't tell the potter what to do with it and so really it's this idea of being moldable allowing our plans to be moldable our future to be moldable so that God can shape it the way he wants 
and understanding that if I would have been in charge of shaping it, I would have shaped lower dreams. I would have too. Yeah. And they're doing the same thing. Well, Glenda, is there anything else that is just on your heart for the subject that you think is important for us to understand? Well, I, I think that, you know, sometimes just going beside a person and not saying a word. Yeah. And just being there for them. You know, I had to get out, get out of the idea that I had to fix everything. I can't fix everything. No. But sometimes just listening, just loving other people, just being there. Yeah. You know, sometimes you don't have to say anything. You just have to be there. Yeah, very very true. Yeah, and that, that's one of the things we've been talking about lately in church as well, is I might not have the words to say, but that's okay if I have the love to give. Right. And love right. doesn't always show up in words. It shows up in time and consideration and maybe, a, you know, a, a helpful hand. Um, and that's often way more powerful than the words because words, yeah, you, you weren't going to hear three words or, you know, three sentences that were going to make it all better. Right. Right. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So um, we want to kind of bring this to an end here. And remember, this is we want to help you think about stuff you need to think about and talk about stuff you need to talk about. So we hope this creates conversations for you. So at Susquehanna Valley Church, we've got community groups we really would love uh, for you to be invested in, be a part of. Uh, you're welcome to contact us, and we'll, we'll, we'll uh, do our best to place you in a group. And uh, for those conversations, even and even if you're not in a group, you just want to get together with somebody and talk about it, um, first of all, we'd love for you to just reflect on your journey and anxiety, what it's been like in your life, and uh, what God's done for that. So really from this whole series that we've been talking about in church, um, what's God been teaching you about being a confident person in an anxious world. And, and then the second question is, how does God use anxious seasons to shape us? And would love for your group to check out Jeremiah 18, 5 through 6, and just reflect on that and talk about that. And then we'd love for you to read um, two passages, Philippians 4, 11 to 13, and Isaiah 41, 10. And look at that combination of the strength and presence of God and how God repeatedly promises us those two things in our anxiety. And love for you to talk about how those two things are helpful in the circumstances that cause anxiety. So, Glenda, thank you so much for coming out and being part of our podcast. Thank you for having me. Yeah, absolutely. You won't be paid for today, just so we're clear. Oh, so don't wait for the meal. No, don't wait for it. You might get anxious about that. I probably will. Yes, thank you so much for listening, and we will check you back next time. Thanks.